Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Wow, there's a lot going on. I don't know if you saw it, but Texas Values sued the city of Austin yesterday. Big news all across the state, particularly here in the local central Texas area, because the city of Austin has made it a priority to use tax dollars to help women get to abortion clinics. And we have strong concerns about that. Violations of the law. It's all in the lawsuit. And they were warned. We had been testifying at the city of Austin on this issue and making it very clear. But no surprise, Austin tries to, a lot of times, circumvent the law and do things their own way. We'll talk about more about that later because we got a great guest today. And I want to get right into that because we're excited about having him on our radio show in a very important time period for the work that he's doing. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Let me tell you a little bit about him, and I'm sure you know a little bit. He is a constitutional conservative. He's a combat veteran serving proudly in our United States military. He's a former member of U.S. Congress. He was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, in the same neighborhood as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and he's most recently elected as the Republican Party of Texas chairman. Colonel West, Chairman West, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan, good morning. It's good to be with you. Thanks. Well, we are glad that you're a Texan. We're glad that you're committed to the principles of faith, family, and freedom. As it states on the website that you're a constitutional, excuse me, a Christian constitutional conservative. And that's important for the time period that we live in. And I know you've had a variety of important roles in service In the most recent one, though, I'd love for you to just talk about for a minute taking over now as the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas and now with just a little over two months for a very important election. Yeah, you know, one of the things that the military teaches you is that you're always uh, prepared to go into a leadership position. And we, you know, believe the transition should be seamless. And so we came in, uh, we assessed the policies and programs that uh, were already established here with the Republican Party of Texas. We looked at what to sustain and what to improve, and we've been able to uh, continue on. And I don't think anyone has seen an interruption in uh, what we've been doing. And in many areas, we've seen some enhancements. But when you look at where we are, and uh, you talked about this lawsuit coming up, we have a clear-cut choice. And I think that in the past uh, couple of weeks, you've seen the Democrat National Committee Convention and the Republican National Committee Convention, and the choices could not be more stark, more clear, more transparent, as was evidenced in these past two weeks. And I think that either we stand with the rule of law or we stand with the rule of the mob, and either we honor the, uh, the inalienable rights that are endowed to us from our creator of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, or we allow the progressive socialist vision that is not about individual sovereignty, but more so about collective subjugation. And if there's one place people don't want to be subjugated to government, that's the great state of Texas. Well, look, you're, there's no doubt we have a proud history in our state, and we also have, you know, really this mindset of not only doing what's right, but having that sense of independence. And even though it's important who's in government, it's important elective office, a lot of people that are ready to hold those government officials accountable. And, and, and look, that also means if you got the right people in elective office, Texans are going to be one of the first people back there to back them up, to make sure they stay in office, to make sure that they're supported. But it's a big state, sir, as you know. Um, and I know you make, you've made Texas home uh, your home for a while, but 
Look, I've lived in the state my whole life, and there's still places I know that I haven't seen. 254 counties, 1,200 school Mm -hmm. districts, numerous House and Senate districts, a lot of ground to cover, but you're surely, and your team I know are up to that task. Um, Tell us a little bit about some of your travels recently, and then I'd love to talk a little bit about some of the things that we saw from the Republican National Convention this week. Well, sure. We've been all the way over southeast Texas down in uh, Beaumont and Jefferson County. We've been all the way out to the to the Big Bend and down uh, in, in in Alpine area. Uh, we've been uh, last night. We did a watch party for the uh, nomination speech there in Dripping Springs. And so North Texas, all over the place. We've been down in the Rio Grande Valley, Laredo. So it's important that we get out there and get our message uh, all across this great state. We were with the president out in Odessa when he came in there, and uh, we hit El Paso and went up to uh, Amarillo. So it's important that we get our message. And the critical thing when you talk about it from a Texas values perspective, you know, we cannot afford what we saw happen four years ago in the 2016 election cycle where uh, close to 25 million Christians did not participate in that uh, election uh, cycle. And when you look at what is happening today, the fact that we have people that are burning Bibles, decapitating statues of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I was so proud of the president last night to say that we're about protecting all life, and all life means born and unborn because all of those lives matter. And I think that that is a great message going forward. Well, look, you know, the messaging matters too. You know, you look at the way communications are these days. People pay attention, it seems, for a very short amount of time. They hear two Mm -hmm. or three words, and that's almost all they need to hear. And so, you know, look, it'd be a lot of opportunities, though, to talk to people in person. You talked about the event that you were at last night. You know, I I know you, you like to get on your motorcycle and get around, too. You know, I enjoy connecting with people in person uh, and I'm sure similar for you as well. It's hard to replace that. And it's great when you get those conversations where you can have some of that talk. You can go a little bit longer and help people understand what they're about. And I think there are probably a lot of people that are being encouraged by that because they think that the state of Texas is either going to turn blue or the values are going to change. And they're reminded, look, there are a lot of people that are just like me and you that want to see the values of faith, family, and freedom continue to be supported and successful in our state. No, you're absolutely right. But I will tell you one thing that has changed. Uh, you know, I had a pretty uh, severe motorcycle accident on the 23rd of May. So uh, I won't be riding motorcycles anymore. So I, I rode for 35 years. So we're going to hang that up because that was a very stressful period for my wife, my daughters, and so many close friends. And I want to thank so many people across the great state of Texas for their prayers uh, because no one survives, you know, a motorcycle accident on an interstate highway at 75 miles per hour. But the grace of God, you know, took me through that. And when you talk again about the values that are out there, you talk about faith, family, and freedom. Those are conservative principles and values. But when you start to look at this thing of turning Texas blue and the real analysis of the policies of the progressive socialist left, they don't stand for our Judeo-Christian faith heritage. As a matter of fact, we know that going all the way back to 2012 at the Democrat National Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, they booed God being uh, part of their platform. And you come all the way up to what happened just recently, two of their caucus meetings, they uh, refused to say the words under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. So they're not aligning themselves with our Judeo-Christian faith heritage. The fact that you've seen, uh, you know, the baker, uh, Jack Phillips, have 
have to go before the Supreme Court or the recent Supreme Court uh, judgment uh, that was against the church out in Las Vegas, Nevada, that said that it's a violation of our 14th Amendment, equal protection under the law, and our First Amendment, the freedom of religion and free exercise thereof, because the government out in Las Vegas said that a casino can have a 50% occupancy, but they can only have 50 congregants. So I think that those are the type of things that people are seeing, and the decimation of the two-parent household in the black community that I've seen in my 50 nine years of existence, that's all a result of those policies that have come from the progressive socialist left. So I think that, again, that clear contrast is there. Well, we're talking with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who's also the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. And Colonel West, Chairman West, you know, look, you look at these issues there for many people, too. They're not so much a matter of a difference in political party. They're a matter of values. Right. And, and so yeah. I think it's important this election. And, and there are people that are very loyal to this party or that party. But for people to look about what are the principles that they care about and, and not be afraid to allow themselves to be challenged, to think differently than they have been before and what those core values are because, you know, in some situations, there's a huge difference and you have one extreme that's holding on to things that a lot of people don't care about or not interested in or supportive. And you just listed some of those examples. And, you know, we've been blessed. We've had you at a few events um, for our organization. And I love to hear you talk about some of these principles. And a lot of those things we saw talked about this week. Talk to us a little bit about some of the uh, the RNC events and some of the speeches. I know one of them we saw a lot. We paid a lot of attention here in Texas because Abby Johnson, who's from Texas, yeah. former abortion clinic director and now a pro-life leader, took to the stage and gave a speech that some think it might have been one of the most important pro-life speeches uh, in recent history, but there was a lot said this week over a course of four days, and I know you've got some things to say about that. Yeah, I think it was a a very good theme that we had. You started out, you had the the land of opportunity, land of promise, land of heroes, and then last night the theme was land of greatness. And you're right, Abby Johnson gave a, a defining moment speech for the pro-life movement. And when I think about the fact that, you know, everyone is out there, you know, I'm down here in Austin at the RPT headquarters, and you see all of this signage all around the city of Austin, you know, the Black Lives Matter, uh, you have to stand with Black Lives. But let's talk about the Black Lives that are those unborn babies that since 1973, over 20 million black babies have been murdered in the womb. The fact that you have an organization like Planned Parenthood that was founded by a known white supremacist, a racist who spoke at Klan rallies that referred to blacks as undesirables and weeds. The fact that you have over 70 percent of Planned Parenthood clinics are located not in suburban white communities, but in the minority communities, namely the black community. 13 percent, that's what the black population is of the United States of America, but yet we make up 35 percent of the abortion procedures in the United States of America. And, of course, you know, Jonathan, the Gulf Coast Planned Parenthood headquarters that is there in Houston, Texas, that's the second largest in the in the world. And I think that all of those things, we have to look at ourselves and, and ask this organization running around the street saying that Black Lives Matter, which black lives? Because those innocent black lives should matter. 20 million of those lives should matter. You're, you're watching a genocide, really, oh, when you look, think about it. It's, no, we're talking with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, also chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. 
you know, sir, I grew up about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes from that abortion clinic in the Houston area. The area I grew up in, you know, very large minority communities, you know, myself with my, my Hispanic heritage, you know, I see those things and they concern me. And when you heard Abby Johnson talk about that fact, if you will, of close to 80 percent of the abortion clinics being located in minority communities and that being strategic, boy, that just, you know, it's hard to not think about that and to see that and know the impact that it has. And you hope that people will start to see what's really going on here. I mean, when she said, do you know that abortion has a smell? I just, I couldn't, I had just never heard and thought about that before. And it just keeps ringing in my ear. But those are moments where we can make a difference in people's lives when, if they will allow themselves to receive that information. You've got something you're doing too that touches on some of this. You've got a movie, a documentary, if you will, Uncle Tom, that's getting a lot of attention. I know you've got a screening coming up here in the Central Texas area. Uh, Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about this film. Well, Uncle Tom, and I think we as Texans should be very proud because uh, that movie, uh, that documentary was produced and directed by a couple of young men who are Texans. Uh, they live there in Dallas, and several of the individuals featured are, are Texans as well. And so I'm very humbled to be part of it. And what it is is an oral history of black conservatism, and it talks about all of these issues and all of these points. And it does talk uh, touch on that issue about how that traditional nuclear black family was so strong and so powerful during some of the toughest periods uh, in the history of the black community in the United States of America. But when you look at it today, the, the fatherlessness, the, the abortion issue within the black community, again, we're seeing a genocide. We're seeing a decimation of the black community. And so when people are looking at what is happening in our major urban population centers, those minority communities, guess what? It's all the policies that the left have inflicted upon the black community that has brought it to this point. Sure, there are going to be bad police officers out there, just that they're bad apples in any profession. But to demonize an entire profession, that's not the way that we should go. And in 2019, just as a comparative analysis, once again, there were nine unarmed black men that were shot by white police officers. But as we said, you know, just previously, since 1973, Roe v. Wade, over 20 million unborn black babies have been murdered in the womb. So you tell me, I mean, what, what is more of a critical issue to talk about? But yet that's not the issue that the left wants to talk about. And, and uh, the, the documentary Uncle Tom, it brings those facts. It brings that truth to light. And it's a narrative changer for the United States of America. Well, and, you know, look, you, you speak about the life issue, too, and how it connects to these issues related to the race discussions that we're having across the country. And, you know, I was born in 1973. There's a there's a lot of history, too, when you think about the life movement, how long this issue has been going on as well. And a lot of information for people to think about. And as I was taught in law school, the law is a teacher. And if the law says it's legal to have an abortion, a lot of people will think then it's okay. And they will they will design their life behind that or they'll make decisions based on that. To your point, too, about some economic decisions that are made that impact families and others. 
It's important to know, and it's important to know who those decisions are being made by. A lot's been made this week about the life issue, too, with uh, Donald Trump receiving the nomination. Some people are saying he's the most pro-life president ever. You know, how you kind of measure that up. But, you know, that's an issue that a lot of young people more and more care about these days. Well, it truly is, and and I will go back and say that there was were, were once laws in the United States of America that said it was okay to own another person, uh, but that law that law was not a moral uh, based law, and so I think the same thing here. But yes, you're starting to see young people that are that are challenging this because they realize how important life is, and to see Abby Johnson, who was once given an award by Planned Parenthood yeah. uh, for for what she had done to come full circle because the truth hit her. And the truth is very strong. It's very powerful. And as it says in the Bible, the truth will set you free. So I think it's so important that we get facts out there. We get the faces like Abby Johnson out there, a a young face, uh, a face of a, a woman, a face of a mother, a face of someone that has been in the belly of that beast, to start talking about what is going on there. We, we cannot have an industry that is based upon killing our, our uh, unborn children. But that is what this has become, and I think is reprehensible. Well, I mean, look, we look at some of these issues, too, um, as it relates to issues of life. You touched a little bit on religious freedom. Some of the struggles our churches are going through these days with government restrictions on whether they can open up or, or not. And some is being made that, you know, one of the members of the Democratic ticket is from California, Kamala Harris, a state that is not allowing certain churches to open up, threatening them to go to jail, not allowing them to sing in church. I mean, there's a long list Mm -hmm. of restrictions. Our good friend in, in Texas Values board member Kelly Shackelford is fighting a lot of these battles in court for other churches. Uh, this is part of the decision that people have to make, too, when it comes to this election. And, you know, you don't have to – there's no exaggeration. I mean, th- these are – this is really what seems to be on the table when you cast that vote at the ballot box. You know, I, I uh, when I was speaking last night at the uh, watch party, and, and like I said, there were over 500 people there at Dripping Springs. Uh, Tracy Dean and the Wimberley area Republicans down in Hayes County, just hats off to them what they put on. And I brought, you know, all the kids that were there, ages 16 and below. And one of the things that I said to the to the crowd, I said, think about it. In their lifetime, these children saw that on an Easter Sunday, churches were closed, but yet liquor stores were open. And who are making those type of decisions? And that's why it's so important that we do stand up for our faith, because, Jonathan, if you're not careful, we're going to be told where we can worship. And and in the end, we will end up being relegated back into the catacombs. And as for myself, that's not acceptable. So the Christian community has to stand up. You cannot be this silent majority. And you and I have had this discussion before. Our pastors need to, you know, kind of cowboy up and cowgirl up uh, and, and stop doing what it says in Second Timothy chapter 4, tickling people's ears with false narrative and, and false doctrines. They need to preach the word in season and out. Uh, and we've already seen this happen here in Texas with the former mayor of Houston, Annie Parker, and how she was subpoenaing uh, pastors for their sermons. 
because they were speaking out against this bathroom, uh, you know, edict or mandate that she was uh, seeking to impose upon them. We have got to have pastors, again, much the same as the Black Robe Regiment mm-hmm. during the Revolutionary War to stand up for truth and stand up for justice and stand up for principle. Well, look, and I mean, that is where a lot of people have these conversations or that is what people decide, well, who's in my community, who's supporting who, or should I even go vote? I mean, we've got a document, a book that we're putting out from our good friends at Family Research Council because a lot of Christians are just deciding not to vote. They don't think that they're supposed to. They almost feel like the Bible suggests that maybe they shouldn't or it's not that important. When we know the biblical, the, the Bible's very clear on those responsibilities we have. And you're right, if we, you know, it, so if the pastors are sending that message about the importance to vote, about the importance of elections, and about the importance of getting educated, hopefully more of those Christian voters will follow because you have a great point. I mean, if Christians will just go vote and show up at the ballot box, it will make a huge difference on the impact. And, and there's been so much, I think, growth in relationship across the state of Texas uh, from people from a variety of backgrounds, a variety of racial backgrounds, economic backgrounds, regional backgrounds that stand together on God's word, on issues like life and religious freedom and others. And and I think it's come time for, no, for now those relationships to give those pastors and leaders some strength to say they have got to start preaching more about the importance of voting uh, this election cycle. No, you're spot on with that. And, you know, again, I go back to that number that, you know, My Faith Votes, uh, Jason Yates, a great organization trying to, you know, activate and mobilize the Christian community. Twenty-five million Christians didn't vote in 2016. To me, that is, uh, that's unacceptable. That's unconscionable. And uh, you think about what we have seen happen and think about what, you know, the Christian community has had to deal with. Uh, again, who would have ever thought that we would hear about Bibles being burned uh, as they were out in Seattle, Washington recently? And so the community has to step up or else they will uh, find out that uh, our faith will be relegated again into the, the back areas. You know, there is a wholehearted push by secular humanists uh, in the United States of America to undermine the omnipotence of God, because if, if God can't get ma- male and female, you know, Adam and Eve or whatever you want, you know, however you want to term it, right, to the point that now I think we're up to about 67 or 68 different genders. If God can't get, you know, the weather right, because everything is man-made climate change, then, you know, how is it that this being could be the one that endows you with inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, or as John Locke said, life, liberty, and property. So I think what you see happening is the undermining of our Judeo-Christian faith heritage, and that's why Marxism and, and this, this thing, Black Lives Matter, is so dangerous, because Marxism was is a secular humanist uh, endeavor. And if you read the Communist Manifesto of Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, you will see that they did not respect or regard religion or religious faith. They only want people to have faith in the government and what the government can do. So that's another stark contrast that we have. And as you talked about Kamala Harris, remember how she went after the person because of their Catholic faith uh, during one of the, uh, the hearings that she was uh, presiding over. 
No, look, I mean, and we've seen some of these entities, they're, they're not only um, at least trying to talk about issues of race and, and be disruptive about them, they're also connected to LGBT and pro-abortion ideologies. Look, look uh, Lieutenant Colonel West, we know you've got a big task ahead of you, uh, just a little over 60 days before a presidential election and important races all down the ballot. So we appreciate you taking some time to talk with us uh, of these issues. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Colonel West, God bless you in the work that you do. And God bless you as well, and God bless Texas. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, we appreciate him. We've just got a few minutes left. I, I got caught up on the timing and realized, oh, we're about to run out of time here. Such a great conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. And, you know, just great to hear his perspective, his history. He's seen so much. He's not only been around the state, but been around the country. And he understands and he's aware of the issues that are going on today. Just a couple of programming notes before we lose you. Our, our Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum is coming up in about three weeks, okay? We don't have much time left. This event will sell out. It's on September 18th and 19th. We've got a great list of speakers that are going to be there. Abby Johnson, okay, who's been talking about her this week? Seems like everybody. She's going to be speaking at the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. Um, Our Attorney General, Ken Paxton, he's going to be there. Ryan Anderson from Heritage Foundation. Our board member, Kelly Shackelford, who was on the South Lawn or whatever, the Rose Garden, whatever that space was in front of the White House, excuse me, um, yesterday when President Trump was receiving his nomination. Kelly Shackelford, who's one of the top First Amendment lawyers in the country and a board member of ours, he's going to be at our policy forum, uh, State Representative Briscoe Kane, um, numerous different other elected officials from across the state of Texas that are going to be a part of the work that we're doing. Texas Supreme Court Justice John Devine, Texas Court of Criminal Appeals Justice Michelle Slaughter, uh, and not only Abby Johnson, who is a former Planned Parenthood director, but Monica Klein, who did sex education for Planned Parenthood and now is on our side, so to speak. Tickets are still available, txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. It's really a great price for a two-day event. Comes with lunch, a whole host of snacks. We'll take care of you. And it's at a great venue here in the Central Texas area. There's also a live stream option. Check it out at txvalues.org. And we'll have more updates of our work for faith, family, and freedom in Texas next week on the Texas Values Report. Texas Values Report.